The Way Out Podcast, episode 178. I got sober in 2012 when I was, you know, I was, I've always been working part-time as an actor. And, and like I said, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild. And, you know, I've worked in several dozen movies, television series. I've done uh, commercials. And I, and I put it all away. I stopped doing it when I was started drinking heavily, you know, because I just wanted to drink. But I first went out to the Midwest, um, you know, when I went out there to get sober. And I started to meet people who lived out there. And I go, wow. Well, these are my people here, you know. Uh, I just found how, you know, you folks out there, man, you're a lot more chill. Um, you know, people are just nicer. They're kinder. You know, it's all about family and community. Sadly, you know, I, we don't have that kind of um, temperature and that kind of climate and, and behavior and whatever you want to call it in New England, you know. Right. I'm not saying there's bad people in New England but or everybody's bad, but, you know, it's just New England is a pretty buttoned up. You know, they're not very friendly, you know, and now you guys, man, just, it's the best, you know, I, <laughs> I go into Caribou to get a coffee, you know, you walk into Caribou, any Caribou out there, and, uh, you know, you talk to somebody, you say, hey, good morning, how you doing? They're like, hey, how you doing? You know, around here, around Boston, you know, you go into Dunkies, you go into Dunkin' Donuts and say hi to somebody, and they're going to look at you like, yo, money. My nephew called me and said, Uncle Mike, says, you know, I'm really struggling. He says, you know, I've been, my girlfriend's throwing me out. I just got fired from my job. Now, he has been, you know, uh, he's been trying to, he's tried recovery, but he's never really went to meetings or anything. Um, he had been on Suboxone uh, for years and, and was at, at, the, at a point in his life where he was just literally buying Suboxone off the street, you know. So, um, so he called me about six or seven months ago and um, said, I, you know, I don't know what to do. My girlfriend's throwing me out. I just lost my job, all this stuff. I, and, and I had never proposed this to him before. He's 35 years old. I said, Johnny, I said, why don't you let me take you to a meeting? He said, I'm going to come pick you up. He, lived, he lives in Revere. Um, if, you, if you saw the Smart Park commercials, you know, um, you know, the Revere is mentioned. So I know a bunch <laughs> of other Boston towns. But so my nephew lives in Revere. I go to pick him up. You know, I said, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to take you to a meeting. So he was reluctant to participate, you know, um, as, as some of us are. We go kicking and screaming. And he, um, so I came back uh, two days later. I took him to another meeting. He got a phone number. Um, fast forward, Jason, he called me, um, about a month ago and said, Hey, he goes, he goes, I'm getting my, my six month, uh, key tag tonight. And he, yeah. he goes, can you, know, I'm hoping you can come, bro. I can't even tell you, man, how the joy, the absolute joy. He <laughs> called me Jason six months. And now he has nothing. If, if anybody's listening to this and you want to know how to do it, you do it like my nephew did. He started going to meetings. He started getting plugged in right away. He started getting phone numbers. Started hanging around with sober dudes. Um, started doing things that sober dudes do. It was so funny because when I went the night that he got his six months, um, he, he read the promises that night, even though I was there. I was in the back, you know. And he read them like he wrote them. When you have somebody who comes along, and, you know, in your case, your brother, in my case, my nephew, you know, where you can... Um, it, like it, it, it's literally like you're reaching in and and pulling a tumor right out of their insides. You know, you know, you get them knee deep in their recovery, and you see them. And the payoff is seeing them stay sober and seeing them work a work a program hard. And the joy I got my nephew. Well, it's not just like some dude. Although I'm equally anxious to help anybody who needs the help. This yes. is my nephew, who is my tiny little family by the grace of God. I helped right. him get sober. It, it's made all my struggles this past year more than worthwhile. 
more right. than worthwhile. You right. can learn a lot about yourself if you just pay attention. That's yeah. all you got to do. I've made my living my entire adult life as an as an artist, a musician, and an actor. I refuse to grow up. I've made my living in the arts, and that's been such a blessing. That's a blessing I almost you know almost threw away. The program for me is a place where I can go and talk to other people who who think and feel like I do. Welcome, Way Out faithful and first timers, to this week's installment of the Way Out podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and allrecoveryrings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and this week, Jason's got an incredibly relatable, entertaining, and enlightening interview with our good friend, Boston Mike. Mike's been sober since 2012 and is a tremendous advocate of 12-step recovery. And for good reason. It's given him more than he could ever have imagined. Mike spent some time here in the Twin Cities recovery community, and we became fast friends as kindred spirits are apt to do. We had him in studio over a year ago, and due to an unfortunate technical snafu, that interview never left the four walls of the Way Out Podcast Studios. Mike shares his recovery journey with us, how he's helping others, and what life is like as a working actor and musician in the greater Boston area. This interview is no mere redo, my friends. No, it's a bona fide original, much like our friend, Boston Mike. So listen up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Way Out Podcast, episode 178. I got an awesome, charismatic fella named Mike Swanson on the show today. Introduce yourself, Mike. Say hello. Happy to be here this morning, Jason. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I was um, 
I was part of the Twin Cities recovery community for a short while while I was out there at, for school uh, the past two years, but I, I returned to New England uh, last year, and um, I completed a degree program out there and met some wonderful people in recovery out there, you included. So, uh, and my hope is to get back out there sometime, bro. I really hope to, uh, yeah, I really hope to return to that area. I just loved it, man. You guys have some good recovery there, and just everybody's so chill, you know? Yeah. Not like here. <laughs> Boston, people are all cranked up, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah people met, are wound pretty tight. Yeah. We met ahead, at a butterfly release at a, on Overdose Awareness Day. That was uh, so great, yeah. Two years ago, and, we, you yeah. know, it was like, I, I was like, I get introduced to you and me and you just bullshit for like an hour straight. Yeah, and, it and, was great. Yeah, and we've stayed in touch since and it, you're yeah. awesome. And we did have you on the show before for a topic episode and something happened with the recording. And <laughs> yeah, it, it no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, I know you know you didn't have me. I sat in the room with you guys. But apparently my like my mic was not live, so right. Um, <laughs> so it was sad. We were like, it never saw the light of day, and that was an awesome conversation. So <laughs> yeah, we, but we laughed. In, yes, and we've yeah. been in talks for a while about having you on, and Heck you know, yeah. I I know you went through a lot of life changes, man, and you weren't feeling oh um, man up to representing this thing when you were kind of going through some struggles and some things and a lot of change. Yeah. So yeah. I'm grateful that you're in a better place. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad that you uh, felt ready and willing to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. your story, man. Me too. Yeah. I'm always ready. You know, I mean, this past year has been a struggle, but, um, you know, I, I can't keep it unless I give it away. And part of um, being uh, on the show with you today, of course, is, you know, being able to hopefully help uh, another alcoholic or addict. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm here, bro. Amen. Dude. Yeah. And, and it's like I always say, you know, it's really, it's just two people or sometimes three, you know, if we're doing the topic episodes and we have a co-host come on um, and we're just t- talking recovery, man. And like, these are the, those, conver- those soul filling conversations that we get to have today. Totally. Yep. Yeah. No, they totally are. And I, and that to me is what recovery is all about. You know, I mean, how would, how would a dude from Boston ever connect you know, with, with a guy like you, it would never happen. And, um, and recovery brought us together. And now, uh, you know, now we're good friends. We have a lot in common. Well, we don't have a lot in common. What we have in common is our desire to stay sober. And that's pretty much all guys like you and I need, you know, to really find that common ground and just go, yeah, you too. Yeah, me too, bro. All right, let's talk. So that's what I love, dude. That's what I love about recovery. Not only that, but you know, one of the things I've maintained is that, um, how much I loved living out in the Midwest and um, how it was really tough for me to come home. You know, um, I got to say, man, I was kind of bummed. You know, I really loved it out there. I had completed my undergraduate uh, program out there and at Metropolitan State and I was hoping to go on to the master's program at Hazleton and uh, that didn't happen. And um, I was hoping to get a job at Hazleton and that didn't happen. And I was actually in a relationship with a woman out there for two years. Um, and that fell apart um, also at the beginning of 2019. So 2019, everything that was keeping me out there um, uh, went to pot, you know? Hey, yeah. can I swear? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> with, with impunity. <laughs> with impunity. So, so the beginning of 2019 went to shit. Like went down the hopper so fast. And it really, how it all happened, all kind of at once. 
Hasta, it was exactly a year ago, Jay. It was right around March, you know, that, you know, I, everything just started to come unraveled. I could no longer afford to stay out there. I spent all my money completing my, my undergraduate studies. And uh, so I was kind of broke. I was working at a gym in the town, town that I lived in. I lived in Osceola, Wisconsin, right on the border. You know, it was this beautiful little town, and I loved it there. Right. And uh, short, short hop to the cities and, and uh, to school and all that stuff, you know, and I, I loved it. But, you know, it's like out there, man, you know, if, if I want to work in recovery and I want to work at Hazleton where I got sober eight years ago, and uh, that's really all I've wanted to do for the past three or four years is, you know, maybe uh, become a LADAC and, um, you know, just help some other guys who are sick and suffering like, like I was at one time, you know. And, and, and it's so funny, you know, here I just go out there, I move out there. All I want to do is help guys, right? And, and I get sent home. And, and it's just strange how, you know, I, well, first of all, it's strange that I could actually handle it and not go, what do you mean I didn't get my own way? You know, I want to oh, stay out yeah. here. But I, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all about... <laughs> it's all about me, Jason. So uh, uh, me too. You know, <laughs> weird. So, yeah. So, but when you when you realize it's not, you know, I um, you know, I wanted, I did, I didn't want to come home, and I and I'm working on going back, you know, because I loved it out there. You know, I love my hometown. I love Boston. I love, you know, I love living in New England. And my family and friends are here, but I don't know, man. It's just like I, I, I when I first went out to the Midwest. Um, you know, when I went out there to get sober and I started to meet people who lived out there and I go, wow, well, these are my people here. You know, I, I just found how, you know, you folks out there, man, you're a lot more chill. Um, you know, people are just nicer. They're kinder. You know, it's all about family and community. Sadly, you know, I, we don't have that kind of, um, temperature and that kind of climate and, and behavior and whatever you want to call it in New England. You know, right. I'm not saying there's bad people in New England, but or everybody's bad, but you know, it's just New England is a pretty buttoned up, you know, they're not very friendly, you know, and now you guys, man, just, it's the best, you know, I, <laughs> I go into caribou to get a coffee, you know, you walk into caribou, any caribou out there and, uh, you know, you talk to somebody and say, Hey, good morning. How you doing? They're like, Hey, how you doing? You know, around here, around Boston, you know, you go into donkeys, go into Dunkin' Donuts and say hi to somebody and they're going to look at you like, yo, money. You know, so the attitude, <laughs> so the attitude, like, donkeys, wait, huh? the, the dunks, bro. Yeah. Donkey, my, my large, yeah. My large black and a, you know, and a Cruella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you awesome. have a Cruella? <laughs> so, yeah, I know you guys would be making fun of my accent. So no, that's hell fine. no, it's dude. I'm jealous. I'm jealous <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Here I am, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm back here and I'm, te I'm teaching music. And, but when I was out there, you know, I'm in Metro state. You know, I'm, I'm finishing up my undergrad. I'm giving presentations in the classrooms, you know, and, 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 you know, people are like, Oh, can, Hey, say that word again. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm getting graded here. What do you have? What am I? You dancing monkey. Right, <laughs> right. <know>? So, <laughs> so yeah, the accent, but anyways, you know, Hey, listen, that's just, it, it's so funny. It's just, I was like a Yankee in King Arthur's court with you guys, you know? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, totally. But I love to do it. And you know that, man. I, you know, I, I love all you guys, you know, just such a good group of people out there. And, and uh, yeah, I hope to make my way back, bro. And I'm working on it right now. But for now, uh, um, this is where he wants me. This is right. where um, I'm, hopefully I'm doing some, some, some good work. Um, I have a great story. Can I share a story with you since I got home? A good Absolutely. recovery story? Absolutely. All right. So, um, I have, um, you know, uh, I have a nephew and, um, so yeah, I gotta, you know, let me just back up a tiny, tiny bit. So I've lost, um, um, my sister, uh, to a, 
to a drug overdose. Um, I lost my dad to drinking, and I lost my brother. Uh, my brother committed suicide. My brother was a violent alcoholic. So I had all this loss in my family because of drugs and alcohol. Um, and the, one of the saddest parts of it is that my sister's nep my, my nephew, my sister's son, my sister who passed away, has a son in his mid-30s. And um, he's always been, you know, I hate to use the term functional when you hear functional addict or alcoholic because we're not really functional. But, you know, by functional I mean, you know, he could just barely hold a job, you know, and right. just barely keep a roof over his head. And we, you know, so, um, and he had been like that most of his adult life. And he was a nice kid. And we all loved him. The family loved him. He was funny, talented. Um, I started him uh, playing music. You know, I, I play, I, I'm a musician and I got him playing music in his teens and he's a really decent musician. He's 35 now. The long and short of it is he called me. Um, I had, I got home. Um, like I said, I got home a year ago, Jason. And my nephew called me probably about uh, seven months ago. And I was living with a friend trying to get myself set up. And he, he, my nephew called me and said, Uncle Mike, he says, you know, I'm really struggling. He says, you know, I've been, my girlfriend's throwing me out. I just got fired from my job. Now, he has been, you know, uh, he's been trying to, he's tried recovery, but he's never really went to meetings or anything. Um, he had been on Suboxone uh, for years and, and was at, at, the, at a point in his life where, he was just literally buying some boxing off the street, you know? So, um, so he called me about six or seven months ago and, um, said, I, you know, I don't know what to do. My girlfriend's throwing me out. I just lost my job, all this stuff. I, and, and I had never proposed this to him before. He's 35 years old. I said, Johnny, I said, why don't you let me take you to a meeting? You know? And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, like I said, nobody's, nobody is not talking to him because of fights about his use. He just, it's the ultimate in, in isolation. He has just right. isolated himself so much from the family, you know, that we're just all like, wait, where's Johnny? And nobody seems to know. But anyways, so, um, I, I, so about seven months ago, um, I, I took him to a meeting. And I, I remember, I, I said, I'm going to come pick you up. He, lived, he lives in Revere. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you saw the Smart Park commercials, you know, um, you know, the Revere's mentioned, so, and a bunch <laughs> of other Boston towns. But so my nephew lives in Revere. I go to pick him up. You know, I said, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to take you to a meeting. Um, I took him uh, to an NA meeting. And I remember he was like, I don't know. He's like, you know, I'm not going to really say anything. And, you know, of course, um, you know, the, the, all the NA peeps were all like, hey, man, welcome. You know, here's my number. And so he was reluctant to participate, you know, um, as, as some of us are. We go kicking and screaming. And he, um, so I came back uh, two days later. I took him to another meeting. He got a phone number. Um, fast forward, Jason, he called me, um, about a month ago and said, Hey, he goes, he goes, I'm getting my, my six month, uh, key tag tonight. Hey, yeah. He goes, can you, know, I'm hoping you can come, bro. I can't even tell you, man, how the joy, the absolute joy. Now this boy has been, you know, I just love this kid forever. We all do. He's never really tried to mess up, you know, fuck anybody over or anything. Just, you know, maybe problems with girlfriends and, and living situations as happens to a drug addict sometimes. But he yeah. called me, Jason, six months. And now he has not, if, if anybody's listening to this and you want to know how to do it, you do it like my nephew did. He started going to meetings. He started getting plugged in right away. He started getting phone numbers. Started hanging around with sober dudes. <clears throat> um, started doing things that sober dudes do, you know, right. and that is what, yeah, not fucking using. How about that? You know, that's it, <laughs> you know, right. going, and, and he got a job, you know, hanging out with his buds, his sober buds doing fun stuff. 
uh, all this stuff, you know. And I, I went, and uh, it was so funny because when I went the night that he got his six months, um, he he read the promises that night, even though I was there. I was in the back, you know, and he read them like he wrote them, like he read right. them with such conviction, you know, like he owned them. And that's he felt what's great. That shit. He, he felt that in his soul. Oh, yeah. bro. You know what he said to me? That's what I said to him. I'm like, Johnny, you, you, you recited those promises like you wrote them. And he said, um, I don't want to just talk them out. He goes, I want somebody listening to me to hear them, you know? And, yes. he, and he's like, he's kind of like me. He's a, you know. He's a musician, but he's a, he can be a little bit of a showboater, you know, but, um, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah, right. You know, dude, you know, my background is, you know, um, as an we actor, carry the message, man, and, you know, some yeah, better, some yeah, better absolutely. And, and this guy in my, and my nephew does, you know, so, um, he's got six months sobriety and you know what, Jason, I, I came home under protest last year. I wanted to stay out with you guys and, and I, I couldn't make it work. I came home and then. I, I got this kid sober and I said, this is why he wanted me to come home. This is why my higher power wanted me to come home so Amen. I could help my nephew. My, my daughter's, my sister's only son, my sister's only son who is at risk of also dying from a drug overdose. And Amen. I got him sober and I'm not going to say I got, thank you, man. Amen, brother. And you know what? I didn't get him sober. He got himself sober along with his higher power. You know, Amen. I just pointed him in the right direction, you know? So, and that's what we do, man. That's what we just, we just point people in the right direction, you know. Hey, man, follow me. I'm I'm headed in that direction, you know. And dude, and, uh, that, that and, is yeah. such an awesome story. It it reminds me of my yeah. little brother. He hit me up. <clears throat> Fuck, I don't even know. It was a while back. I think it was summer. Um, but anyway, I wake up for work at three thirty in the morning, right? And I yeah. had a bunch of missed calls. Goddamn. And I checked my voicemail, and I can barely understand a word that's coming out of my brother's mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's cursing me in this in this message. He's slurring so hard. I mean, I only caught a Shit. couple uh, nasty remarks and like self, something about being self righteous piece of shit or something like that you know how people think <laughs> yeah. that because we got sober that we automatically must yep. be better than everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then I also had some missed calls from his ex. And I hit her up. She answered. She's already in her car driving from Egan up to Ham Lake where my brother lives, which is like a little yep. over an hour. And, and right. I'm like, what's going on? And she kind of gives me a little bit of a synopsis. My brother got super hammered drunk all day long the day before at this bar. And he fucking ended up getting, yep. getting some meth and doing meth. And damn, he hadn't touched that shit in a really long time. And he was like... He he hit he ran his truck and he's got like a fucking monster truck almost into the front of his yep. car and and all this yeah. shit. So then I said, okay, I got to give these guys a ride to work because at the time I was carpooling with some dudes who needed help. I said, so I'm gonna right. pick them up. I'm gonna bring them to work. I'm gonna go to his house. So I did that, man, and I spent the day with him, and I really just listened most of the day. But I did, you know, talk a little bit, and I. I invited yep. him to a meeting. I took him <laughs> I took him to one like the next day or whatever after he got some sleep because, you know, he needed that. Yeah. And man, yep. <laughs> I told him, though, I said, you're the only one that's responsible for your recovery. 
I'm a very busy right. person. I was like, I can't take you to every meeting. I can't hold your hand through this process. I can't introduce you to all the people. I can't, you know, I'm like, if you want this, same thing you kind of just said. You got to get yourself connected. You got to meet new people. Yeah. You got to spend time with them. You got to yeah. detach with love from the people that are uh, toxic <laughs> for you right now. And you can maybe yeah. Them yeah. later when you're in a better place. And all this shit. And dude, he did it. He took this shit by the horns and ran with it. And yeah. I think he's about amazing. I think he's about neck and neck with, with your nephew, you know, and dude, so cool. It is, it is awesome. Like to watch yeah. somebody, um, follow your suggestions. Right. And, and yep. do the things yep. that they need to do for them. That it's taking responsibility for your own life, you know? And sometimes yep. that yep. looks like saying, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I need your help, please, you know, to a total stranger and taking a chance on another right. human being. And, right, dude, right, right. It's great. It's great to know. Those are the moments where we realize how much our own recoveries are affecting the people that are watching because we don't think people yeah. are watching, right? But that's, right. That's, that speaks louder than any words ever could is like people It, it most certainly people. does. Yeah, man. yeah, and and be, and seeing you know, but when you have somebody who comes along, and you know, in your case, your brother, in my case, my nephew, you know, where you can, um, it, like, it, it, it's literally like you're reaching in and and pulling a tumor right out of their insides, you know, and uh, and you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of like you know, I don't even know how to say this properly, but you know, you're not just putting a bandaid on stuff by you know with. Um, with medical intervention or some other nonsense, you know, you get them knee deep in their recovery and you see them and the payoff is seeing them stay sober and seeing them work a, work a program hard and the joy, you know, I, I've been home for a year. I have done everything. Um, you know, Jason, I'll be honest, man. I, uh, I've lived with two friends, one of them who was a hoarder and, um, it's sad because we have been friends since we were teenagers and we never lived together, but I lived with him when I got home and, you know, we're kind of like, we're, we're, I don't know, friendship's a little strained right now. I lived with him right. for a couple of months and, and then I, and then I moved, uh, in between, I, I, before I got my apartment, I, I moved, uh, to a couple towns over to another friend's place. I moved into my buddy's warehouse, literally was sleeping in an office for a couple of weeks till I got my apartment. I've been sorting recycled plastic. I've been a roadie. Um, I've <laughs> yeah. done, um, you know, dude, I've done everything since I've been home for this past year. Um, you know, and, and just thinking, what, what am I doing, man? This is, I went out to help guys get sober and I got sent home packing and here I am, you know, I remember just sleeping on a cot in the warehouse going, how did I end up back here when all I wanted to do was go get guys sober, you know, right. but that is now contrasted by the feeling that. I got my nephew. Well, it's not just like some dude, although I'm equally anxious to help anybody who needs the help. This That's is my right. nephew, who is my tiny little family, you know, um, and I got this kid sober at 35 years old. And, you know, I shouldn't say I, you know, by the grace of God, I helped right. him get sober is what I really mean to say. But I guess I'm just trying to save space in words. But anyways, I that I got him. It, it's made all my struggles this past year more than worthwhile, more right. than worthwhile. Because if I was not home, I don't know if, if he would have called me out in the Midwest to say, you know, uncle, I'm getting, I lost my job and my girlfriend's kicking me out. You know, he's not going to call me when I'm living outside of um, Minneapolis to, you know, to right. come help him. But he, he probably he went, went to the meeting. 
you know? No, nope. he, he, he yeah, would have told you, "Yeah, up. I'm gonna go," and then he probably would have talked himself out of it because yeah. he wasn't accountable yeah. to you. You weren't picking and, him up and bringing him, you know. And yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. But then you know, um, it's just where um, God wanted me. You know, uh, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I got him. I, you know, I literally handheld him at his first couple of meetings, and then he just took over. You know. And, uh, and he experienced, you know, that, that moment of clarity, you know, which I love. You know, he didn't, he didn't go kicking and screaming. He, but had I not been around, I, I, the, the, the thought of him, you know, doing this on his own is almost non-existent. I don't think he would have known to or, you know, I, I pray that he would, but I don't have to pray that he would because I got him there. <laughs> Yeah, and he's man. doing great. And he's helping other dudes already, you know? And he's like gregarious and he's a great talker and he's he's loving and warm. He's kind. He's like that kind of guy you want. You know those guys in the meetings, you know, that you just like you guys out there. All you guys. <laughs> you guys are friendliest bunch of son of a bitches. I swear to God. You guys are the nicest people. <laughs> so, um, you know, he and he's he's a good dude. He's he's solid and he's just so, you know, having that experience coming home and now, you know, I'll tell you um, right now, Jason, I am setting my sights, you know, on coming back maybe in a year. You know, yeah. I never wanted to come home. I've been home for a full year. I don't like it here, you know, because I lived out there and I know what it's like to live out there, you know, and right. it's just, this is what I, I need, I need, um, I need as I get older, I need more peace in my life, more serenity and there's a lot of chaos around here and one thing, you know, I should say, and, and uh, you know, so that I acknowledge this fact, because I know it myself, is that I got to find that peace in myself first, you know, right. and that's what I try to do every day. But, you know, but I, I am, I, I, I have this barrage of, you know, of traffic and, you know, people cutting me off and giving me the finger and letting doors go in my face. It's just, <laughs> it's an incredibly hostile area to live, you know, and. So it doesn't help my serenity. I love that I'm teaching now. You know, I'm teaching music um, at a school for kids with disabilities. You know, so I'm teaching music to, you know, all kinds of kids with, you know, ambulatory disabilities, speech, intellectual, you know, um, uh, kids who are autistic. So, so I have a real sense of purpose now, you know. Well, that's uh, good. But my goal is, yeah, but my goal is still get, to get back out there, bro, and work oh, in recovery yeah. out in, in, yeah, so. I hope so. I don't know. I love all you. <laughs> I love all you fuckers out there. You guys are the best, man. It'll happen at some point, <laughs> dude. I'm sure. So let's back it. Let's back up the bus here. Um, yep. Because I want to. I want you to share some about Mike. You know, so talk about yeah your life and and your journey and and you know kind of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Uh, sure. You know, Absolutely. Share, share some stuff about you with it with us. Okay. Um, well, you know, like I told you, I grew up outside of Boston, um, and, uh, family of five, um, I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts and Lowell is, if you have ever seen, um, the movie, the fighter, um, yeah. Mickey Ward and Dickie Eklund. Yeah. Well, I grew up with those guys and, um, uh, Dickie's sister, Alice Eklund, I, I dated her and, and Mickey's sister is my youngest sister's best friend. They're, they're, I grew up with these guys, you know, so that's Lowell and my dad was a firefighter in Lowell and pretty unassuming you know, middle class kind of, you know, family and, and, you know, did the type typical stuff in high school, drank a few beers, smoked a few bones, that type of stuff. But I, I was always pretty good. You know, I, I never really got hammered or messed up or, um, but, um, but, uh, the disease is, is rampant in my family. And, um, 
it's so funny. I have a cousin of mine who's a who's a drug and alcohol counselor now, and my cousin went to Boston College. He went to St. John's Prep, uh, athletic, um, handsome kid. Just had the world by the short ones, and um, uh, got into drugs and alcohol in his twenties, and tried to hold up a bank. He tried to hold up a bank and ended up going to federal prison. So. Um, uh, yeah, and this kid was, he's this nice, blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid who you just wouldn't, you know, this is, it's just, and he said to me, um, it's so funny, because I call him now, and, you know, I, it doesn't, I don't think it would matter if I said his name, but I call his name, I call his phone number now, and now this is a dude who did seven years in federal prison for trying to hold up a bank, I call him now, it's like, you've reached Stephen C., licensed drug and alcohol counselor, you know, please leave a message. And yeah. I, every time I hear his voicemail, every time I hear his voicemail, I get so fucking jazzed. You that's know, awesome. I mean, it's amazing. And that's, and, and my, and my cousin was one of the guys who helped get me sober eight years ago, you know? So, um, so it's, so, and he said to me when we were talking about it once, he goes, dude, because his mom was my dad's sister. So he's my first cousin. He goes, Dude, it's tattooed on our DNA, and it truly is, you know. In my family, Swanson family, it runs rampant, you know, the, the um, addiction and alcoholism. So, and, you know, and I, I broke the cycle, and he did too, you know, but we've lost family members. But, you know, so the long and short of it is, you know, I grew up, five of us, um, you know, we all grew up pretty normally. And I went to school. I got an art degree. I got married. I did all the stuff you're supposed to do. Um and uh, and two kids, and I, I was married for seventeen years. And somewhere on the early um, the early two thousands, my life um, just started falling apart, and I was woefully underprepared for it. Um, I think the seed of alcoholism had been planted in me years and years ago. I think it was always there, and I think you know I've heard other people say that it was always there. It was just waiting to be unlocked. But I didn't start drinking heavily until i was 42 and um wow uh that was yeah dude so the what had happened was um so my sister you know my, my sister and i we were like irish twins you know we were irish twins we weren't even a year <laughs> apart same you know i mean that's what they call irish twins in boston when you're not a year you know just really we're close 11 in months, age yeah yeah okay. we were 11 I months didn't, apart I didn't know you know so <laughs> yeah so um <laughs> yeah so um uh, we had all the same friends and, you know, went to the same schools and all this stuff. And, you know, her, her loss, you know, when I was in my late thirties, her loss was devastating to me. You know, I was really, and that was in 98. I was crushed because I loved her. And that was really the first kind of death, family death that I experienced. And so, um, my sister died. Then, uh, three years later, my dad, my dad was my hero, Jason. I got to tell you, you know, my dad died from drinking, but my dad was also a, a Lowell firefighter and he saved lives, you know? Yeah. He was athletic, and you know this disease. It doesn't care, you know. Nope. My dad was handsome. He was gregarious. He was kind. He was helpful. Um, but this disease doesn't give a shit. It's an equal opportunity employer, you know. Right. So my dad, yeah, so my dad was on the fire department in Lowell, uh, took, a re took retirement, went down to Florida in the early 90s, and started drinking down there and drank himself to death, you know. Yeah. And uh, so my sister died in 98. My dad died in 03. A year later, my wife of 17 years, and we had been married since our early 20s, um, she, she sat me down and said that she didn't want to be married anymore. So, so I lost my wife that year. And um, uh, uh, totally unexpected, too. You know, I just, right. we had this nice little, you know, we had a beautiful little home and a beautiful little community, and I didn't know she was struggling with her own stuff. And so she divorced me in 03. 
Uh, two years after that, my brother died. You know, my brother was a cop, and like I said, he was a violent alcoholic, and he ultimately committed suicide. So my oh. sister died, and then my, and my dad died, and then my wife left me, and then my brother died. This is all within like seven or eight years. And uh, after my brother died, I fucking snapped. I snapped. And I remember going over to his apartment to clean it up and in the apartment that he killed himself, you know, and right. I stayed there for a week and I just, he, and he left, uh, he left, um, a handle of vodka on the counter and, um, and I mixed up a drink and a I handle, <laughs> a handle is like the half gallon, right? I, yeah, 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 yeah. We call him a handle. Like um, the jug. So, yeah, thing? So, yeah. The jug. Yeah. Jug okay. of cheap vodka. So he left that, yeah. and I remember when I, yeah, I, dude, I remember I got to his apartment. I'm like, all right, I'm going to mix one up while I'm cleaning up. And I right. never fucking drank. I'd have a couple of beers on a weekend at a cookout, or I didn't like drinking when I went out because it would make me tired. And, you know, so I really didn't drink. And I, so um, I started drinking, and, and I finished that bottle. And, you know, and I finished up cleaning up his apartment and donating his stuff to Goodwill and sending them, you know, his, his memories to his, twin sons down in Florida and all this stuff. And so I, yeah, then I remember going home and I, I think I got a bottle of wine, you know, this was like Oh six or Oh seven. I went home and on the way home, I got a bottle of wine. I started drinking that. My, I was off to the races. That was it. Something snapped at me. I went from, and everybody's heard this story before. I, you know, I, I drank, Oh, I drank wine on a Monday night. Wait, that's a school night. I'm not supposed to be drinking. I remember having that thought, you know, like right. I, I'm like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a grown up. I can have a glass of wine. So, you know, that bottle of wine on Wednesday night probably lasted me, at, you know, Monday and, and maybe Wednesday night I finished it. And then, you know, and they got another one over the weekend. And then so the frequency of picking up bottles of wine increased. The, right. the, uh, the space between days that I drank decreased, you know. So, so ultimately, I found myself, I'm just going to fast forward, you know. I just took that steady decline like alcoholics do. Um, I, I found myself... Um, you know, literally drinking every four hours, you know, and by 2012, five years later, I was drinking every four hours, Jason. I, yeah. I, I would drink on the way to work. I would drink at lunch. I would drink after work driving. Now I was always driving too, you know, my, yeah. my MO was to just get uh, like a half pint of Smirnoff's and throw it in a McDonald's lemonade and just drive around. Like I'm just drinking a big McDonald's right. drink, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude. Yeah, dude. That was, that's, that's how I made shit happen. So, um, and the, well, the thing was, you know, I, I, I never, it's funny because I just became a maintenance drinker. Right. I never true. I never got hammered. I never got, <laughs> did I, you guys say that hammered, hammered, <laughs> no, what do you, <laughs> enamored. Dude, I used to, yeah, getting here, dude, I get fucking hammered, man. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I never got, <laughs> I never got in my last few years of drinking. Yeah. I never got obliterated you know i never black i was i wasn't a blackout drinker i was a maintenance drinker i yep. stay buzzed all day long and i swear to god jason nobody knew and us drunks we like to say you know you know i would nobody knew and then and you, you say that at a meeting and then people are like no everybody knew you and know that's why you say you're I, I was, functional too you know yeah exactly yep. but i was incredibly discreet you know i always had mints I, I would always eat something i you know and a lot of times i just I never drank so much that people even knew that I was drinking, you know? Right. I just drank just to take the edge off. So, well, um, probably so to keep the shakes at bay, to be honest, you know what I mean? Like, everything. And, you know, well, when I, um, when I started, because, you know, I knew I had a problem, and I was making these little baby steps, you know? So I, would, I went to see a, a drug and alcohol counselor in Brookline, uh, Mass, and 
Uh, I'm, and I'm talking to her, and of course I'm downplaying my drinking, you know. Of course. And I, I said, you know, and, I, and I said to her, I go, you know, I said, I don't drink. I said, I don't even get hung over. I don't get the shakes or anything. And she goes, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you right. Know, like, I drank, so, I, I drank so steadily, dude, that I never got the shakes because I never stopped drinking. That's right. how much I drank. Half a pint on the way to work, half a pint at lunch, half a pint on the way home. And I would literally stop at a McDonald's and then find the nearest package store and get a half a pint and throw it in. Right. And, you know, so three, three of those a day, and then I'd get home and then drink till I fell asleep. So, um, and, but yeah, by the end, by the end of uh, my drinking, you know, 2012, dude, I just, and I thank God I was ready. You know, I had tried a couple outpatient programs here in Boston. I went to St. E's, St. Elizabeth's. I went through their outpatient program twice. Didn't do anything. Hey, you want to not stay sober go and, go and try to go to, uh, like to a, through a treatment program when you're done with the treatment program don't do anything that they told you to do because right, right. <laughs> that, that's what i did and dude i was drinking within two months both yeah. times you know yep. oh it was or or, or if um, you try to do some of the things but then there's like a couple things that you're like nope i'm not doing that yeah anymore. oh yeah 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 it like i matter. like i remember i wouldn't let go of my friends right because that would make me a fucking hypocrite a two-faced a uh, piece of shit, yeah. right? A bad friend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where's the loyalty? Yep. So I, I wouldn't let go of my friends. Well, that fucking was a right. big snafu for me. Um, you yeah. Know, or, or well, I you tried, or I tried it. one time to like let go of the friends, but I still had a notebook with everybody's phone number in it, and I remember sitting in my yep. kitchen, lonely, looking at everybody's fucking phone numbers. And not going. Yep. And I, I drive yeah. myself crazy with that shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, of but course, I reach back Jason. out. I reach back out, and then I get high. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I reach back. Hey, just call him to say hey. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how you been. How you been? All, yeah. Yeah, you know how I've been. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Jason? You, let's be honest, though. It, um, this was not um, uh, This was not Jason. Um not wanting to part with these phone numbers and stuff. This was your disease, making right. sure you hung on to those phone numbers. So, you know, it, it is, I think it, we have to separate. Um, well, I'm not going to say we. I know that I had to separate Mike the alcoholic from Mike the person, you know, right. and realize that I have a disease. I'm, you know, I'm not a shitty person, but my disease is going to try to talk me into doing shitty things. Like oh, hanging on to all my contacts, you know, that have, you know, all my, uh, all my buddies will give me the hookup, you know, right. so... So it's, yeah, so it's not, it wasn't you not wanting to get rid of the notebook, you know, per se. It's, right. Anyways, I just, or, or, you know, I think it, making that. It could be anything, but for me, it was once when I actually did get this thing and whatnot, it, I had to figure out who the fuck Jason was. I was, yeah, I didn't even know, you know, like, but my story is very different than yours too. I didn't live a life where I wasn't really an abuser of substances. I, I started right. making substances at 11, selling them at yeah, wow. 15, and, you know, I was shooting up at 13, and, and I mean, I, I, battled, I battled this shit my whole life, so for me, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was like when I got really started following some suggestions and trying to really diligently seeking recovery, I was like, yeah. what do I like? What don't I like? You know, and I, I've been, I'm still, you know, getting in tune with who who am I? You know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. it's a lot and of self-discovery. Yeah. yeah. Lifetime. I think, that's lifetime. A, I think, yep. And I think that getting in touch with who you are is a lifetime process. I think that merits being mentioned because, you know, there is no, um, 
And one of the things I'm, one of the things that, you know, I, I try to do is remain teachable. And by doing so, I am continually learning things. And that's one of the things that I learned recently, believe it or not. And you've heard it a million times is, you know, you, you, um, you know, you, you're never gonna, you're never going to achieve a final destination or no. be a, a, be this kind of person. You are constantly evolving and, and, and it's so beautiful, you know, and I'm discovering how, wow, man, I'm not even the same person I was a week ago. I'm not well, saying that I'm vastly different, but you know, yeah. you know, I mean, shit changes, you know, shit, you, you, you see something and you realize something and you go, I'm going to adopt that now. That's now part of who I am. So, Amen. you know, you know, and try to apply yeah. it, right? Like put it into action, but dude, I got to tell Hell you yeah. this, this kind of a, it's a relatable uh, experience and a recent one as well. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I'm coming up on four years completely clean, probably like four. That's and, amazing, bro. And I'm and I'm really like right around the corner. It'll be four years since uh, March sixth was a two thousand. Yeah, March sixth, two thousand sixteen was the last time I like shot up or did any drug drugs other than alcohol. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that so that day is rapidly approaching. But dude, I awesome. I literally recently, um, you know, I'm in this relationship and I and I was it was just becoming increasingly difficult. And I, and I was finding yeah. myself feeling very hurt a lot and very yep. disrespected a lot. And I just, I guess, uh, I was questioning myself, you know, and I'm like, God, I'm like, am I oversensitive or, you know, like yeah. I, I wrestled with this shit for the last couple months of the relationship, but I was trying to yep. hang on to it for dear life. And I remember one of the, after one of the fights that really had me reeling and I was in a shitty place for like, a few days um where yeah. I was feeling really down and depressed and whatnot yeah. and frustrated i was talking to my sponsor and i said man i thought i was over this shit and he fucking belly laughed <laughs> yeah. at me bro yeah. he belly laughed and i'm like fuck you you funny. know I'm, I'm like i'm opening my heart here you bastard yeah he's like he's like bro you're never ever gonna be over any of it you know he's like nothing to yeah. you know that and i'm like i do know that I yeah that shit all the yeah. time and i remind them to give themselves grace because this is a lifetime process and here i am yeah i'm thinking i should i'm shooting all over myself i shouldn't be feeling this way i shouldn't let it happen. yeah if it's really that bad then i should do something about it instead of sitting here and hanging on to something that's Make sure. me feel like this or but then i'm questioning myself like what's my part in this you know and it was crazy dude yeah. he laughed so hard i was like you fuck yeah me. <laughs> well dude i mean that kind of stuff when you do that analysis you know that self-analysis what is my part in this you know um you know because i've been I'm, I'm a single guy and you know i've lost some relationships with women that i really like in sobriety and right. for the first time for the, you know, for the, since I got, since I got sober, it used to be if I was dating somebody, you know, I was in a relationship with somebody before I got sober and it didn't work out, you know, while I was drinking, I'd be like, screw that. That's, you know, they're, you know, it's her, she's this, she's that. And yep. since I got sober, man, that self-analysis is so much growth. You know, when I go, you know what, you know, I can be, you know, like this woman, I'm thinking about somebody and I, you know what? I, I was probably, I can be an intellectual bully, you know, and I don't, and I don't like that about myself. I have two college degrees, Jason. And, you know, even though I sound like a knucklehead, I'm wicked smart, you know? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I taught at Boston college, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching now, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician you know, I, I've studied theater at Boston college, everything. I've done a lot of stuff. So I consider right. myself, you know, I'm well-read. You know, but I can be an intellectual bully. I can just drop 
you know, some little factoid on somebody that's going to make them feel dumb, you know, then I'm like, oh, she broke up with me. Yeah, well, maybe because you made her feel shitty, you know? Right. And that kind of, and that kind of self-analysis allows me to grow as a person. You know, it, it's funny because Valentine's just went by. Um, I got, I got dumped last week on Valentine's <laughs> again for two years in a row. Are you fucking kidding dumped. me? Not kidding you, bro. Last and this week? woman that I was dating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah last dude, Valentine's we, broke week. Up, we broke up like a couple days before that. Three, three, or no four shit, day, huh? three or four days before yeah. Valentine's. So I've been dating this woman. She's also in the program. So, and, uh, and I, I love her because I experienced a lot of growth with her. I think she was put in my life really to, cause I had never been in a relationship with somebody in the program. And this woman really just kind of, you know, turned some rocks over with me and said, Hey, do you, do you ever think about this? You know, that you do this. And it wasn't like a naggy, you know, like nagging, like, you know, you're always, she's like, you know what, sometimes you do this. And I wonder if you know, you do it, you know? And then right. she, she it allowed me to analyze, you know? And then, so anyway, she, yeah, she ended up, she started dating somebody else who she liked more. We were just dating, but I, I liked her, you know, but she, right. so she's in another relationship, but it's all cool because, you know, I got to learn a lot about myself through this person. You right. can learn a lot about yourself if you just pay attention. That's yeah. all you got to do. I, I think we just have the benefit of having people that came before us tell right. us these things. You well, know, that like, was hey, kind of my to situation too, except I felt um, differently about the delivery, I guess. You know, like I felt like, uh, you know. Tell me what some, you mean by that. I, well, I felt like sometimes it was like, you know, she's hitting the anvil on the table and class was in session, you know, like um, yep. very, very like luxury, judgy. Yes. Um, I felt attacked yep. or I felt, uh, yeah, I felt belittled. I felt like I was being talked down to. And now yep. a lot of that could just be my perceptions twisting it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, regardless, I don't think that's what matters necessarily, but I do know that she's right. very, very like blunt and not, she wasn't like a very like in affectionate type person. So she could, you know, come across very harsh sometimes, even if it wasn't sure. inten intended that way. And, and then I think once that happens to once or twice and your perception changes of an individual, then it's, yeah. it's like one of the hardest things in your mm -hmm. life to, to change it back. Right. Like, so whatever yeah. happened at some point, my mind clicked and changed the way I was viewing um, her and her opinions of me and 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 like yep. where our relationship stood it was right it, it it just got worse from there for me like uh, and that's why yeah. I was like and i got nothing against her man i i love her to death and i really look up to yep. her in a lot of ways she's got a lot of clean time and a lot of wisdom mm -hmm. and and she yep. does she's amazing but you know i think that sometimes you know you just don't click on a on that level you know yeah. your personalities don't mesh and then it turns into misunderstanding each other, which yep. that just perpetuates itself. And that's what I think kind of happened with us. But dude, you know, sure. that, that is cool though, that we can recognize, right. That it, at the end Absolutely. of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, everything's a blessing or, or, or it's a blessing or it's a lesson. And we, so yeah. we, can, we have this gift of self-awareness from this recovery that helps that's us what it is. to recognize yeah. what's happening or we can decide to really focus in on that. Like let's dig in and find the feeling behind the feeling and we'd start dealing with right. core, core issues and we can improve 
in areas. But it's funny because my shit's like whack-a-mole, dude. I'll, I'll do that with a thing and then, <laughs> and then and then two more pop up over here, you know, and I'm yeah, like. Yeah, welcome welcome to life, Jason. <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, what this is. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's so yeah, funny. Somebody, yeah, this adult shit. This adult shit's for the birds. You know it what, is. though? Like having, you know, <laughs> like it, it, I, I'm all done. Dude, I'm like a 10-year-old anyways. So, uh, um, man child, uh, me too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, hey, I mean, you. See, I, I make my, you know, I've made my living my entire adult life as an as an artist, a musician, and an actor. I refuse to grow up, you know. I've never, dude, I've never had to, and thankfully, thank God, and I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful that I have these gifts, you know. But I've right. never had to, like, you know, to, I've never had to lift a shovel, you know, in in my whole life, you know, just other than you know doing stuff for my dad, but. You know, I've made my living in the arts, and that's been such a blessing. And that's a blessing I almost, you know, I almost threw away. But, um, but you know, I just want to say that self-awareness that you had just mentioned, how we, we talk about humility, you know, and I think one, one, one um, kind of um, uh, angle of humility that we don't think about is that, is that we, we uh, you know, well, I'll talk about you and I, um, that humility that comes from being able to go, I guess I ain't fucking perfect. You know, maybe I should look right. at my own shit. That's humility. Not just walking into a room and, and not saying a peep and, you know, and doing great things and just not talking about your achievements and all that stuff. Humility is being able to go change yourself in an area that was incredibly difficult to change and, and, and not be like, you know, I mean, to be able to accept somebody else's opinion, especially somebody you may have, have a deeper connection to relationship wise or something and have them go, you know, like this woman that I dated for the past six months. I mean, she's a huge pain in the balls and, um, <laughs> but she's awesome. You know, like she's like, you know, she's got her own stuff. She's, she's kind of a control person and all this stuff, but you know, um, so that, that can immediately, we can, we're defensive enough. I'm defensive enough about my shit, you know, Man. that I don't need somebody <laughs> telling me where I'm, you know, and, uh, right. but you know, having this, you know, this woman was brought into my life for me to learn a little bit more about myself. And here I am, you know, dude, I've had some, I, my relationships never seem to last longer than a year or two, you know, I, other than my marriage, which is 17 years. I just, you know, and I got to, and I have to say, what am I, I, I mean, I, I know at, at, at face value, Jason, you know, people look, you know, a woman would say, yeah, I went out with him for a few months. Yeah, I know he's a good guy. You know, he, you know, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hit me. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. You cheat know, he takes care of himself. He doesn't cheat on me, all that stuff. But you know, there's stuff about me that they don't like, you know, and, right. and I don't have to change myself, but I have to go. What about my behaviors is, is off putting, you know? Right. And yeah, you know, like I'm, 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 you know, I, I'm well read and, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm relatively smart. So I'll use that as a weapon in an argument to make people feel shitty, men and women, you know? And, right. you know, that, and then I'm like, why don't I have, why don't my relationships last, you know, longer <laughs> than a year or two? Then I go, well, maybe it's, you know, but I'm not going to say it's all me and it's just me just, you know, browbeating women. It's just you know, a number of, you know, uh, right. things come together where the relationship doesn't work out. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, but, you sound like me now, you know, like where I'm, I was literally like picking myself apart, you know. And, yeah. And, and yeah. I, and the, but then thank God for that gift of self-awareness because I catch myself. Yeah. I catch myself. Uh, two days into a beat myself up session, right? Where right, all of a sudden right. I'm but, kind of taking it all on my own shoulders. When yeah. really any relationship is a two way street, um, it works both ways. And, you know, we gotta, 
if we're going to walk this path, dude, of self-discovery and, and, and growth, then we need to give ourselves grace because we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, we're going to make mistakes, you know. Um, we're gonna yeah. have we're gonna have shit that we need to tenth step in this process. And if you guys listen, yeah. don't know what the tenth step is. That's continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitting it um, every day. So, dude, I mean, yeah. it's so huge that we we even have that gift, you know. And it is a gift. It fucking yeah. hurts. Yeah, it hurts sometimes yeah. to have it to does. see the real shit going on and know that i'm yeah being a big fucking baby or whatever right, <laughs> you know right. What I mean? no i mean totally but i mean you know uh, some things that are beneficial to us in life hurt you know yeah. I, surgeries you know needles Dude. you know whatever um you know these things hurt but they're in the long run they're better for you you know it, and it's it's like yeah all i know is that when i was drinking i just wanted to stay button up tight i didn't want to let anybody in and i drank yeah, to forget everything yeah. Now that I get to experience these feelings, I go, even when the feelings are shitty, and they have been this past year, Jason, they've been tough, you know, really, really tough. I and know uh, have, I'm like, I oh, yeah, I'm telling you, man. And I, but I just, you know, I just go, you just have to go, th you just have to feel this way until you don't feel this way anymore. And it's not, nothing lasts forever. Right. Just like when things, good things happen, you know? I yep. mean, really good things. You know, my daughter got married this year, and that was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful wedding. It went perfect. Everything went perfect. And I wouldn't have given anything prior to her wedding. I would have surrendered over anything anybody asked me if they could have guaranteed my daughter's perfect wedding. And right. she had a perfect wedding, and I didn't have to part with a thing, you know? Um, it, it, it's, you know, so, I mean, good stuff does happen, but I don't know, dude. It, uh, um, it's self-aware. If, if anybody listening walks away with anything today, it really is self-awareness, you know, and that is to, you know, to ask yourself, am I, you know, is this the best I can be? You right. know, am I doing my best? Am I trying my hardest? Am I half-assing it? Am I just, you know, am I, am I, am I in the program or am I around the program? You right. know, and, uh, you know, and you got to be in it. And, but once you're in it, man, it's like, if people understood you know, who are kind of vacillating and struggling, if they understood the joy, you know, and, right. and I have a hard time delineating, delineating for people who know nothing about the program. Um, I have a hard time delineating between the program and what people consider behavior to be born again about the program, you know, because right. some people get born again about it. They're like, oh, it's the greatest thing. Right? If it wasn't for NA, it wasn't for AA. I say that, but you know, but I don't, yeah. I, I'm, but I say it, I say it, you know, discreetly. I say it to people who I think are, are, are able to accept what I have to say, right. but you know, like people who are struggling and who may need help, you know, you never get born again with the, with, I never do get born again with the program. I just say, Hey, you look, you know what? Have you tried this? Let's try it. You know? Cause right. at the end of the day, what I tell anybody who's struggling about the program, who has a miss, um, miss, uh, perception, cause there are so many misperceptions about the program. All I say is the program for me is a place where I can go and talk to other people who, who think and feel like I do. It, there's no, you know, there is no, um, there's no indoctrination. There is no, you just go and you say, you know what, uh, today this and this happened and I don't know what the fuck to do. I know I can't drink, but I don't know what to do about this and this. And then ultimately somebody at the meeting goes, hey man, that happened to me. And yeah. this is what I did. This is how I got through it. It's literally a room where you can go and talk about the things that we're not supposed to talk about to anybody yeah. and get them off your chest and just, and then, and then usually have somebody there who, um, who can say, I can relate, man. This is what I did. You know, 
Um, <laughs> or maybe to, somebody it, comes I, across your path who's going through something that's worse, and it, and then oh, you're like, and then you're like, dude, I went through that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you and yeah. then you end up being able to help them, and through helping, you know, getting outside of yourself and and giving them yeah, time, yeah, and listening to them share, and then giving them some practical advice. Boom, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden and you the, forgot those, about your shit, you know? Yeah, and those are the moments of connection that you need to make that fortify your own recovery, you yep. know? And, and, the th and the thing is, you know, as I go through my recovery, eight years of sobriety, eight years alcohol-free, February 1st, amen. and um, I, I think about, yeah, I tell you, man, amen. Um, I think about the guys that I have helped, and, uh, you know, and there are men that, that whose lives I was part of saving, you know? Um, it's their own fortitude and it's, and it's, and it's his will, not mine, but you know, that's a lofty thing that there are guys who are walking this earth that might not have been, you know, there, you know, just, there have been some 12 step calls that I've gone on that were, you know, that was scary as shit, you know, not just those that accelerate to an emergency, but rather like my nephew, you know, who, who could have kept going on, you know, and might've just one day just said, I'm, I'm, I've had enough, you know, not married, no kids, nothing, just menial jobs all the time and doing drugs and could have right. just given up, you know, and he's, he's, he's walking God's green earth. And I know my sister is just saying, you know, and I, I and I think, and I, I like to believe that, you know, that my sister made arrangements for me to come home because Johnny was ready, my nephew, you know? Right. So I love my sister and, and, and I saved you know, I, I'm part of what saved her son, you know, and yeah. he's not, he's, he's going to be in this forever. There's no doubt about it. But, it, you know, when you see I, a guy out of the starting block is just running and, you know, and you're like, fuck it, he's on his way, man. He's doing great. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, I like, I, it was like three months between the, the last time I took him to a meeting and then when I went to a six month and he was just so, um, so um, woven into the fabric of that meeting that he goes to, you know, in other ones, he goes to a bunch of them, you yeah. know, and, and uh, he lives in a sober house, you know, he's got sober friends. He's fucking doing everything. So, so it's, it's hard. It's, you know, making that leap of faith, you know, that's hard. Everything's hard, dude. Everything is hard, but, the, but nothing is insurmountable. Right. Um, but there is not, no problems that we have that drinking and drugging can't make worse, you know? <laughs> and, uh, Cause it's so true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but it's, it's, so temporary. it's, and it's a reminder that we need, man, because I know just from hearing a little bit of your kind of story and what you said, it's like, you were like me and like, it was your solution. You know, it was how you shut the feelings off, you know? And yeah, and I know that's a kind of common thread across the board for a lot of people who got chemical dependency yep. issues or any right, behavior right. for that matter. Maybe it's sex, maybe it's food, maybe it's whatever, but yep. you know, people yep. just, that's how they escape, right? From it. So yeah, yeah, I know. Shit don't yeah, work and, and, forever. And, and, nobody tells you that when you find something that helps yeah. you escape <laughs> from your shit. You, well, nobody says, "Hey, check yeah. this out. That shit's not going to work forever." If I was warned, maybe I would have not did so much shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think, right? Well, uh, there's no. Yeah, of course, there's no going back and straight that shit out. But it, right. it will work forever. It, it will work forever if you take that bottle to the grave with you. But that's not the forever that I want. Oh, you know, true. I um, that's a good, you know, I don't want, yeah, definitely, man. You know, it's so funny. That. Cause when I, yeah, I, cause I just made it up, dude. <laughs> oh, you're so fucking wicked smart. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm wicked smart, bro. I'm like fucking <laughs> e. Cummings, you know, Dickens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, I have, I have, a, I have a wonderful economy with, with, with words. So do you have a um, Pulitzer prize? But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I'm, Hey, you know what I'm doing tonight? 
Oh, this is the <laughs> gift of sobriety. I don't want to miss this because I don't know how close we are to the hour, but I don't want to miss telling because, all right, so you know this about me, you know, so I got sober in 2012. When I was, you know, I was, I've always been working part-time as an actor. And, and like I said, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild. And, you know, I've worked in several dozen movies, television series. I've done uh, commercials. And I, and I put it all away. I stopped doing it when I was started drinking heavily, you know, because I just wanted to drink. I, they'd call me to, to book me for on a Saturday. I'm like, I can't, I can't work this weekend, you know. But um, I got sober. Um, at, at, at a couple of years after that, I left my job at Boston College. Um, that it, I had been for 20 years. I was an art director at Boston College. I left the job that I loved to go do something I loved even more, to pursue acting full-time, you know? So I was a full-time actor for two years. I paid my bills, and, and you know, which was the big thing. It's like, when you're a full-time actor, man, you don't know where the next gig is coming from. You're like, shit, can I make rent? I paid my bills, everything. And, and then after two years, I'm like, you know what? I love acting. I love doing theater and stuff, but you know, but working in movies and television is very stressful and it's, it's a lot of takers, you know, so I left that to go back to school so I could get my, finish my BA and then get my master's. So life is, my life in sobriety has been picking and choosing the shit that I want and doing it. No questions asked, no questions asked. Everything used to be predicated on what, when can I drink? Where can I drink? If I do this, well, I better drink there, you know, now I just do whatever the Christ I, I you know, and Every day I go, God, this is amazing. What a life I have. You know, I mean, I, dude, it's just amazing. I'm, so I'm going to a movie premiere. I'm actually, um, I'm going to a movie premiere tonight. There's a movie, um, it's called Uncanny Harbor. It's premiering, it was filmed around Boston. It's premiering in Boston tonight. I'm going to a movie premiere tonight. I'm just going to be surrounded by starlets and, and friends, other actors, and just, you know, I, and I'm never in a million fucking years would that have happened, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. You know, here's a funny story, and I might have said, I might have shared this one with you before, but you know, work, I, working in movies and television, I've worked with a lot of people, you know, and I'm not, a, you know, not name dropping or anything, but y you know, you've seen some of my stuff on Facebook. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of famous actors, you know, and um, so I worked with I, I'm I I was in the Purge um, election year, and I'm one of the bad guys in the Purge, and Elizabeth Mitchell, who was on Lost, she was like the main female character in this movie and uh when i was watching lost like 07 08 09 i was drinking and i would you know like i didn't have i didn't have cable i had nothing i had my shitty little apartment i didn't care i would just get a bottle and i would borrow dvds or rent them and then watch tv until i passed out so i started right. watching lost and i would watch that and pass out but then oh this is cute blonde you know elizabeth mitchell she was the wife in in um uh the santa claus with tim allen so pretty oh, yeah. blonde lady so she, yeah so, dude, fast forward six years. I'm working on The Purge. She's there. Uh, she's working on it as well. And I'm one of the bad guys' henchmen. So I, I worked a few weeks. I'm in a lot of scenes. And I walked on set one day. And she, and she looked over at me. And she goes, ah, you look so handsome. And the first thought in my head was the gift of sobriety. I didn't think, wow, she just said I look handsome. I, I literally thought, this is the gift of sobriety. Then I thought, this woman who I had a huge crush on from television, just told me I was handsome and I'm working with her on a movie. Now, how right. fucked up is that? You know, I mean, that was like, that was like one of the best gifts. And it was just a, like a nice comment. She said, you know, right. um, and then, you know, like, and it, I got, I got to know she's really sweet. And, you know, we have, we had a rap party was awesome. And she got, she was just so cool to me. And I, I think I would have never, never, never could I even have got on a bus that could, could have pulled up alongside of how cool that was. Right. You know, so I mean, it was it's amazing. I've worked, you know, dude, 
I've worked with so many people in the past eight years because of sobriety, you know, and, right. and, um, you know, it's fucking awesome, but, yeah. but you know, but that kind of, you know, working as a full-time actor, it's just, it's very stressful and I really did want to work in recovery. So anyway, so I'm going to a movie premiere tonight because yeah, I'm fucking yeah. sober. How great is that? But it is it's cool best, that, you, that you've been going after it, right? Like whatever your passion yeah, is yeah. and, and as like, yep. as you progressed, that's, that's changed on your own yep. and, it, and it's changed by things out of your control. Um, but regardless, you've been going after whatever it is that, you know, you're feeling passionate Absolutely. about and you're not giving yeah. up hey, on the things that, that eluded you, right? Like, you know, things didn't yep. work out in Minnesota, but guess what? Yep. You see, you still have your bachelor's and you, and you yep. know, nobody uh, yeah. can take that yep. away. And you know, at some I, point yeah. in your life, you're going to be able to go after that masters, you know what I mean? And you'll be able yeah. to yeah. And fill that dream. Yeah. And, and that's my hope, you know, and it's, but it's funny because that's, you know, it's like finishing my BA. I got my AA. I got my associates, you know, like right out of high school in the eighties. And, uh, yeah, I got, that was an art degree. So I got right in the art field and all that stuff, but I always wanted to finish my undergraduate education. Really, 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 really wanted to. And I finally got to do it. So it, despite like you, I think what you were just kind of alluding to, despite that, the fact that things didn't work out, you know, as well as I had hoped out in the Midwest, I got my right. fucking BA and my, my degree is on, um, it's on my, uh, Bureau. I see it every morning. You know, mornings I get up, I look at it, I laugh. I'm like, oh, look at that. And, they, and that's something. <laughs> you know, right. like I'm so happy. I mean, so, um, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter. I still have these choices. I could stay here forever. I'm, like I said, I'm hoping to make my way back out there, bro. If I do, I'm going to be making some calls because I got to find a place to live. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I have choices now. And that, that's the trade off. You know, I, I mean, sitting and feeling, you know, sitting and feeling, um, sedated and, and, and lit and drunk and high and wasted, whatever. And, and just in your own little fucking cocoon in your chair and watching TV, that's comfortable. And that feels nice for about 40 minutes, you know, right. and then I got to get up and I got to make another drink or I got to smoke another joint or I got to put another DVD in, or I got to, right. you know, or I got to turn my ringer off. So nobody bothers me. You know, right. now my life, I, I'm seriously dude. My life now is all about choices. It's all about what, what, you know, I'm literally like, what the fuck do I want to do today? Yeah, I live by myself. I'm single. It's so funny because some of my friends, most of my friends are married and, you know, kids and stuff. And, and I say to them, if you know, I'm going to do Saturday morning when I get up. They, they ask me what? I said, whatever I feel like doing. <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> so that's why, you know, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm outside this. Um, I'm outside these, these outlets. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go buy some clothes in a couple minutes, maybe take myself to lunch and all of this. It's because I'm fucking sober, dude, you know? Right. And I mean, it's just the gift of sobriety. It's really one of those things. I remember, you know, when I was drinking, I remember clearly how, um, you know, night after night, I would look at myself in the mirror. You know, I'm drunk. I'd, I'd say shit to myself. I'd swear to myself. And I'd make promises to God. And I wasn't really, I didn't have a higher power. I just, my concept of God was, okay, you know, guy in the sky, help me with this, you know? Right. And I remember thinking, I, Jay, I remember saying many, many, many times, please, if you can, um, if you can help me to stop drinking, then I'm going to do all these great things. You know, I'm going to help other people or I'm going to try to do better in my life or blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? So I was asking God, if you stop my drinking, I'll do all these great things. Right. right. Then when I got sober, I realized I had to stop drinking first before I could get all these great things, you know, it right. wasn't like it, I, I was trying to, 
That's your first great thing, dude. That's like your first great thing you got to (laughs) do. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to make a deal. God, if you stop me drinking, I'm going to do great things. Then I realized I had to stop drinking. And then great things happened. You know, it wasn't going to be the other way around. That's really what I was kind of, you know, bucking for. And, but so, so getting sober and taking those steps, man, it's, it's huge and it's hard. And in uh, and, and my, I know my little dinosaur brain wants to reserve the right to drink or smoke or whatever, right. you know, and, and, um, and you know, look and at me and look that. how good I'm doing, you know, like, I, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm look, how, look how good, <laughs> yeah, look how good I'm doing. I, I, dude, I was a uh, 250 pound, uh, Oh my God. I was bloated. My eyes were red all the time. I just, I look like a freaking look like a bloated deer tick, you know, I was just <laughs> fat and, <laughs> and I look, dude, and I look at some pictures from back then, you know, and I have right. this great pic. I got, I got hammered. Um, I got <laughs> fucked up one night with, um, uh, Bill Murray's brother, Joel and Joel's been, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in, like mad men and stuff. I got drunk with him at, at a, at this fundraiser. And uh, I have these funny pictures of me and him laughing, holding up our drinks, right? Or my big fat guy, you know? And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. And it, it's so disturbing to see because it's such a great picture. You know, I'm having fun with this dude. And I'm just like, oh, man, look at that fat shit. 250 pounds. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, dude, that's not funny, man. You're skinny. <laughs> you know? But I was a 250-pound alcoholic. And I'll tell you, it was not fucking appealing. Um, right. now, you know, it's so funny. I've lost, dude, I've lost 50 pounds in sobriety and I'm fit. I work out. I take care of myself. I still get hair on my head and, and, and on occasion I get to kiss a pretty girl. So yeah. none of that sucks. No. <laughs> I was going to be able to, <laughs> none of which I was going to be able to do, um, if I was drinking, you know? So, right. yeah. So, and, you know, but it's, it's all, it's just one of the gifts, dude. And there are, there are many of them, you know, and, and, you know, honestly, Jason, your friendship included, man, I just, I, I love you. You're awesome. You're a good guy and you're doing so much. You're doing so great for so many people. I see all the stuff you post, man. And I see the people you help, you know, and you are, you know, you are clutch. You, you are one of those guys in the twin cities. That's just helping so many guys get well and uh, good on you, man. That's, that's really something. So, well, I appreciate that, man. You know, and I've really, yeah, dude. I really enjoyed getting to know you as well. You know, likewise, it's yeah. just awesome. Every time we t- we can talk, it's like, you know, and I understand cause I go through my own shit too. You know, like when you're just feeling, yeah. like, you know, you, you're struggling, you know, like, and it's, it's, yeah. I think we really touched a lot on that today is just don't give up, man. Just don't quit. You know, yeah. like, it's yeah. all, it's yeah. all temporary, right? Like, um, yeah. be, be in the moment and try to, catch yep. those enjoyable moments when you can and try yep. to learn the lessons that you need to learn from the ones that suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. And part, and part of, um, you know, um, part of uh, what you just said is that, you know, all these feelings, even the feeling that, oh, this sucks, this AANA, this sucks, this is bullshit. It's it, it, everything passes, feelings pass, you know, right. and, and you can change your feelings about anything. If you, you know, but it's just, you know, you got to, I, I always hate to say you got to do the work because it's not work. When you go and you talk to other people who are trying to get sober, I come on and they're always feeling great. I never, you know, I did, I did have some ditch digging jobs when I was in college, of course. And I never left a ditch digging job, you know, when I was 19 and said, boy, I feel great. Every time <laughs> I leave a meeting, I feel fucking great. You know, it's right. like, wow. It's, you know, I mean, it's a feeling you can't duplicate. You know, I've gone to meetings feeling sh- shitty and left meetings, left meetings feeling 180 degrees 
180 degree turn. My sponsor says that stayed with me forever. My sponsor always says I I went limping in and I came skipping out. Yeah, that's well, I got to remember that one. Yeah, I love it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is it's good. so true. So, I got to um, drag my ass sometimes, you know, and yeah, yeah, that's just the too. way it is because when you're feeling down yeah. in the dumps, it's really easy to come up with an excuse to like skip it or, yeah. you know. And those excuses are always the eye disease just waiting to looking for that little, you know, looking for that crack in the armor, you know. Well, like and you said earlier, for that, you know, about your nephew, it's like that isolation thing. That's all about, yeah, yeah. that's all about like, uh, alienating ourselves or or disqualifying ourselves from shit like maybe i'm like in in a bad mood so i'm like i'm not fit for human consumption right now that's yeah the kind, that's yeah. the kind of statement that you tell yourself that keeps you in your little hole you know and totally we, yeah we gotta yeah. watch out for that kind of thinking because it you know if we if we go with that feeling once it's easy to do it again yep. and again. And next thing you know, yeah. you haven't gone yeah. to a fucking meeting in a month and a half and you're feeling like really yep. shitty, way worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I always find when I don't go to meetings for a while that, um, you know, it, it's, I always hear that, you know, if, you know, if you're not in recovery, you're in relapse, you know, and, and, you know, and I, I don't know how I feel about that statement entirely, but all I know is if I don't go to meetings for a couple of weeks, um, I don't think about drinking. But, but my thinking, my self-centered thinking creeps in slowly. And Mm -hmm. so, and then, you know, then if I start to revert to some of my, you know, some of the way I used to think, you know, my very self-centered world, then that could eventually lead to me going, fuck it, you know, because there is still parts of me, or no, there's one part of me, my disease that tells me, you know what, you haven't drank for eight years and, and you've worked out all your problems, you know, all the loss. So you could probably try to have a drink, you know? And, um, this is what my mind still tells me not every day, but the, the thought does occur to me. And then I, then I immediately dismiss it and just go, all right. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. I let my guard down and that's my disease telling me this shit. So mm-hmm. let's come on, let's not be silly. And then I laugh it off and I go, fuck it. <laughs> no, you can't drink anymore. Totally you know, so dude. I know I can't, I, <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't drink and say, I can't, I can't drink in safety anymore. <laughs> like I'm, like I'm going to even done. try. I've done that so many times yeah. where I just like, yeah. I catch myself thinking some dumb shit. Like what was it? One yeah. day, one day I'm thinking, I think I shared this on the show my, many months ago, but I was like something about, I was, I was somewhere and I could like, I would smell the booze. It had been a while. I think yes. since I smelled booze and it was like yeah. a really nice day. This was one of the moments where I was just in a really good yeah. spot. I was feeling good. Yeah. I could smell the yeah. booze. I was eating lunch. Um, yeah. And, and I think I had just dropped my son off. I, and I, we had an awesome weekend and you know, our relationship, <laughs> yeah. our relationship baffles me. So I'm sitting there thinking about all this great shit. And then I smell yeah. like booze and immediately my brain was thinking like a blue moon with a big fat orange slice sounded awesome. Right. <laughs> but then, then I, my brain starts thinking, well, I mean, if I'm going to do that, then that's a relapse. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to relapse, yeah. I'd make it worth it. So I'd have to get that in a shot. Right. And, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then I laughed at myself super hard and was yeah. like, yeah, fucking crazy. Sick bastard. You yeah. Know, and the you're thing not is, doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you, but you got to laugh at it. Cause if you don't, that again is your disease telling you, you know, you could think about all that stuff like, oh man, that beer smelled really good. And I, right. you know, and then you go, oh fuck, what am I thinking? I can't drink. But it's recall, easy for your man. disease. Yeah. 
But it's, oh my God, I got a good story about that. You, but your disease could say, yeah, see, you can't handle it. You smell beer and you want to drink. So just fucking drink. So you got to be careful. You know, your brain's always wanting to, you know, I did a, um, I did a casino commercial in New York uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, I, I, you know, it's one of those casino commercials where it's a bunch of quick cuts, you know, a quick cut, somebody tossing the dice to people having dinner, to people dancing, to people standing at the bar, that type of stuff. So, right. so I did this casino commercial. They put me at the bar. There's going to be a quick shot of me and this other dude, you know, sitting at the bar. So the, and they, and the director of the commercial said, put a couple beers in front of him. So Jason, they just tapped two fresh beers, put it in front of me. And it was the first time in five years that I, I smelled the beer. Really smelled it because they had just tapped it in a tall glass and put it right in front of me where I'm right. sitting at the bar. And here I am filming a commercial and I smelled the beer and I go, I could fucking just, I could just down this right now. You know, right. like it smelled so good. You know, right. like, wow. You, got, you know, and then, and then, but right away, it just, it smelled delicious. And then right away, I'm like, you know, my, my, the, the lucid brain takes over and goes, don't be an idiot. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? they, they like, yell cut and I'd be like speed walking away from that fucking bar. Oh, like, dude, yeah, it I'm was done. hard. <laughs> well, I was fortunately, I, I was with another actor who's a good friend of mine, my buddy <laughs> Arthur. And he was, and he was sitting next to me and he knows all about my, my disease. You know, he knows I'm sober. And uh, right. I said, Arthur, I said, this beer smells really good. Okay. You know, and like, he's on the program. He can't talk me down, but you know, but, but I, 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 I redirected, you know, my attention and started talking to him and, you know, and he's like, dude, you know, you can't drink that beer. I, I know. Right. And, uh, you know, cause, it, cause I'll get fired in the commercial. First of all, <laughs> 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 you know, the fucking guy drinking in that commercial, get him out of here. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, <laughs> but you know, dude, sobriety, you know, it's just, it's the, the gifts that I have received in sobriety, they just, they pale by comparison to anything I could have possibly even thought of as a drunk. You know, right, right. um, you know, I've just had, I've had so much fun. I've worked on so many movies, you know, and I wasn't going to name drop, but you know, I got to work with, you know, the guys that, uh, I got to work with the rock, you know, I've done three movies with Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah. you know, shit, everybody, Kevin Bacon, who have I worked with? I've, dude, I've worked with dozens. Oh shit. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. So I worked on, um, uh, defending Jacob. It's a, it's a novel and it's going to be on Apple TV with Chris Evans. Um, and uh and jk simmons and um jk played um uh j jonah jameson in the spider-man movies and he was uh commissioner gordon in the in the justice league and oh, oh he wow. won an oscar for um uh whip uh whiplash oh the guy he does the um farmers farmers insurance you know we are farmers bum, 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 bum. he does those commercials but yeah yeah i know so, exactly um, who you're dude, talking about yeah so I got to work with him for a week, you know, and, um, on this show, um, that's going to be on Apple TV. I got to work with Evans. Jacob. Yeah. It's a bestseller. Um, and they made a mini series out of it and dude, I got to sit with JK. We got to, we had dinner together. He was telling me about his kids in SUNY and, and NYU. When does that, um, like it's, it's, it's going to be on Apple TV pretty soon. It's going to be, I think it may be April. It's going to be on Apple TV, but you know, but dude, I'm sitting and having dinner with a, with an Oscar winner and you know, yeah. and it's like, that was, that's what my life has been like since I've been sober, you know? And it's, it, and it's like, I kind of wanted somebody to tell me that when I was drinking, that's I think a point that I was trying to make is that I wanted somebody to tell me if you stop drinking, you're going to be working in movies and you're going to be, you know, right. And, but nobody you know, you're can be, pretend you're be, to know dude, right, what God's plan right, is for you right. either. So. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I've got to, I've done scenes of Oscar winners in the past couple of years. 
none of which I would have known as a drinker, you know? Right. So, and nobody knows what's going to happen to your life if you stop drinking and drugging. But you know one thing, you know it's going to get better. It's right. going to get better, you know? And that's ultimately, you know, I, 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 I may be, you know, because of my background in the arts, you know, I've had some kind of things that are really easy to illustrate how much better my life has gotten, you know? Right. But, you know, not everybody works in movies or whatever. You know, but it doesn't mean that your life can't, you know, your life's not going to dr drastically improve, you know? Right. You know, one of the things I, one of the early things I remember um, was that I started to sleep through the night uh, without drinking. I, yeah. I wasn't waking up in the middle of the night feeling like a monkey had just slept in my mouth, you know? Right. You know, you wake up cotton mouth, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, just, I mean, just shit, just stuff I didn't have, the stuff that I didn't have to just kind of worry about day to day. All that went away. Oh, Dude, it, it took me at least two weeks of that before I finally was like, damn, like this is sticking to me, with me, you know, like, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't until after yeah. I did my fifth step, my fifth and sixth and seventh step, because I kind of did them all um, together. Yeah. I, I was ready. I wanted it. I wanted him to like remove my shortcomings and all this shit. Yeah. But yeah, I literally, please. I all of a sudden was like, wow, I slept good, you know, and I felt rejuvenated yeah. and I was like, that's weird. Yeah took me more than two weeks to finally be like oh this shit's like really like the way Working. that i guess i'm gonna sleep now you know because i was used yeah. to fucking <laughs> yeah. horrible nightmares and like waking up a lot you yeah know? yeah Pretty Dude, awesome. i remember just taking a flight of just taking a flight of stairs i'd get winded you know and it's like oh yeah. wow i got i got my i got my health back i would go to the doctor when i started seeing my 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 primary care physician i i got this new doctor when i had while i was drinking and then I had him for about a year, and then I went away, and I came back, and I was sober. So I had my primary care physician for the first year I was drinking, and I've had him for the seven years, eight years I've been sober. Yeah. And he's like, this, he, and every, every October, I go for my physical on my birthday, and he's like, this shouldn't be happening. He said, but each year you come in, he said, you're healthier. Your blood pressure is better. Your liver enzymes are better. Your cholesterol is better. He's like, this is you know, crazy. Of course, we started from ground zero with me as a drinker, you know, yeah. so I was only going to get better. But he's like, you keep coming in. He said, just keep, he says, I got nothing to say to you. He said, of course, don't drink. But he said, just keep doing whatever you're doing. You know, because I work yeah. out, I eat good, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I take care of myself and all that shit. So, dude, how much time do you have? I'm not sure how much time you have because you got, I, I don't know if your show is an hour. Or oh, no, we, we just go until we're done. Like, usually, I think, you know, maybe they're around like two hours or an hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half. Okay. That's, all right, so wanted, it's not it's check. not an issue um yep as far as that goes what is uh i want to ask you some stuff like what sure what is like some some things like whether it's you know a specific uh resource maybe reading material or 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 something you've seen or something you you know you've tried to do or meetings you've been to but what's some stuff that really um worked for you uh, as far as recovery goes and helping you overcome things okay sure well i i would start by saying and and you know if it's okay i'll start at the beginning of my recovery um what i did was i went to a meeting every day that's the first thing i did you know i established um, relationships with people who were sober I just went every day, even if I didn't feel like going, you know, and I went six o'clock in the morning. I, I found this meeting and it was before work. And so I would go six. So what I did right on the onset, and this is especially, hopefully, especially valuable to people who are just newly sober. 
is that I got plugged into to the sober community in my area immediately by going right. to meetings, by getting phone numbers, by all the stuff that they tell you to do that almost kind of be, begins to sound like, you know, you, you don't hear it anymore because you hear it so much. But I got plugged into a good community. I got a good sponsor. Um, I, I made time for myself. I can tell you all the things that I think everybody else does, you know, which is go to meetings, get a sponsor, you know, um, surround yourself with sober people, um, you know, pray, read, meditate, all that stuff, you know, but I, um, you know, I, I, one of the things I did is I, you know, I love camping and hiking and I would do, I would do a lot of that solo, you know, and while I was doing that, I would, I would, I would pray. I'd talk to God as I'm, as I'm going up, you know, as I'm going up uh, Indian head trail and in, in Lincoln, New Hampshire. And, you know, and I get to the top, I'd summit and I'd look down, I could see, you know, into Vermont, you know, and I would sit there and I'd pray and I'd be, give thanks. And I would do things for myself that, uh, that allowed me to connect with my higher power, you know, and just talk, you know, whether I'm just, so I, I made sure that I had, you know, I, I think it's important to make sure that you take care of yourself. You always here take care of yourself. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a risk that when people, when you're trying to get sober and people say, take care of yourself, they mean don't drink. When in fact, you know, in early sobriety, man, if you like pizza, go get a big fucking pizza and, and devour it. You know, um, if you like to run, <laughs> right. you know, get a running program going, whatever. Just, you know, if, if you like to read, get a book, just make sure you take care of yourself, you know, and as long as it doesn't involve, you know, any risk of use uh, of using, you know, just, you know, it's. It, it, you know, people are going to want to, um, you know, be, especially your immediate circle who knows you're getting sober, they're going to want to try and do and be everything. And, you know, just you make sure you're comfortable. I think the important thing is just making sure no matter what you do that you're comfortable. If you have right. to go to a wedding, you know, that you got an out, you got a car, you can leave, you know. Um, if you're not comfortable, just be comfortable. Don't swallow it. You don't have to accept anything in sobriety. You don't have to accept anything right. that you don't want, especially, especially if you feel it's going to, uh, jeopardize or threaten your sobriety. So that means going places, seeing people, uh, and, and conversely, do the things that bolster your sobriety. You know, do the things that you like to do. You know, go to, you'll, you'll find you go to meetings and you'll find people who probably like to do some of the same shit you do. So, right. so I guess the most important thing to do to me, for me, was to get plugged in um, to uh, the sober community in my area. Right. And now, you know, but I, but I know I have a, I have a, comfortable, I have a comfortable mix of sober friends and friends who drink. And, um, I, I, I go to events, I go to sober events and I go to events where the alcohol will be served. You know, I, I it's, it's so out of my thinking now after eight years, you know, um, you know, putting that distance between me and my last drink, you know, they say, you know, of course there's a chance you can relapse at any time, you know, right. but there's also statistics that say the longer you stay sober, the better your chances of staying sober, you know? So, right. um, you know, you just, you got to make sure you don't put yourself in risky situations. And, you know, right. I mean, coming back, you know, coming back was tough, man. I left everything I do. You know, if I come back out there, I'm going to, I'm going right back where I lived. You know, I'm going to live right, uh, right outside. of. I live 10 minutes from Hazleton. You know, I got to speak at Bigelow Auditorium all the time, you know, yeah. and I, I just, it was amazing. I just loved it there. I want to go back there and I want to, you know, e even if I just, you know, I was, even if I just tech, um, just to spend my, t my years just helping guys, get, you know, um, get a life, but they get, get, get the gift that I got, you know, there. So I love yeah. to do it. I just love, you know, and I love the Midwest, man. I miss all you fuckers out there. <laughs> all you guys, man. We miss you That's too, a, man. You know, oh, we, dude, you and Leon. We always ask. Leon, we always, Leon. Yeah. 
good. Yeah, yeah good. and his bad girl. <laughs> yeah, and his bad ten thousand. I love that dude. He's a good guy. What are you yeah. at? Tell me what you at. Uh, with, with, with we always Monty. ask people what what what's a fa- your favorite book that you've ever you know recovery related like literature that you've ever read. Like what was oh, life changing oh. recovery literature for you? Oh, I'm gonna I'm you know it it's it's it. This is gonna sound maybe a little trite and maybe a little contrived, but there is no substitute um, for the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know. Um, you know, there's, there, there's educational components to that book. There's narrative components to that book. You know, there's so much about that book, you know, that is just so valuable how we got here, you know, and what we did to get here and how other people overcame their odds, you know, and, you know, reading personal stories and all that stuff. There's just no, and it's such an easy read. It's such an easy read. You know, it looks daunting, you know, because it's the big book, but, um, yeah, there's no substitute, you know, for the big book. Um, and, and, you know, uh, but I, there's so many great little, you know, men's guide to, to recovery and, you know, the little red book and there's just a million, you know, the, the, the daily, you know, what's that daily one there uh, 24 hours a day. And there's so little, many great books. Little That's red the thing. book. Yeah. Men's, yeah. Guide, men's so much... guide to recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And those are just, those are just little tiny digestible books you can pick up. You can get on Amazon or you can just get them, you know, at any kind of recovery related bookstore or so, but there's just, I never heard, I've heard of the little red book, but I never heard of that men's guide to recovery one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got like a, it's like a forest picture on the front, small book, easy to read, you know, um, it's yeah, but there's, there's a lot of good literature. Well, there's no shortage of literature, so no, you know, I know. find a book and read. You know, but I we do like so. we do like to get people's recommendations because sometimes we get surprised. There's obviously a lot of um, of things that have been, you know, repeatedly keep to, coming up. But you know, that's sure. okay because then every once in a while we get ones that are you know new, and maybe people heard that recommendation on a previous episode, and now it came up again. But this time they're like, "Oh yeah, that's right." I, I was going to check yep, that out. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that now. You know, so yeah, I just think it's I good know, because different strokes for different folks. And we all, Absolutely. We, all, we all take what we like and leave the rest. Right. And that's part yep. of, part of what's so awesome about, about this recovery lifestyle is there's right. pathways and things that work for different people or belief systems, yeah. whatever you are and whatever you're into, there's a way that'll work just specifically for you um, right so we you know we want to we want to hear all that we want to we want to learn about all those different things and and find out the, yeah the resources or but, tools that work for yeah. different individuals because you know what you said might really strike a nerve with somebody where right what right. i said they'd be like i can't relate to that fucking guy <laughs> well, it also, yeah, <laughs> it also comes down to personal choice and personal preference and what works for me may not work for somebody else or, right. you know, it really, but, but it takes, it takes the person who's trying to get sober, it, it, they, they need to initiate, you know, and they need to seek out some reading and they need to seek out some meetings. So we can make recommendations about books all day long. And if no, if people aren't going to pick them up and read them, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, and to me, it's really just getting them in the door. That's really where everything is, you know, everything is kind of predicated upon that fact. You know, I could, you know, where we always offer NA and AA literature at meetings and all that stuff, but unless they, they're coming in the door, it's not going to matter, you know? So, um, right. yeah. 
different strokes, bro. So, so do you do you have any um other projects going on or or that you're about to work on or you're um, on currently? Yeah. Yeah, not not right now. Um I did a movie um uh with um oh god, what's the dude's name? You know, I'm the I don't even watch the movies that I work on. It's kind of funny. Um Peter Dinklage uh just did a movie oh, yeah. in Boston filmed outside of Yeah, yeah. Um I care a lot and uh That's the name uh, of it. Let me see. Yeah, and uh I just did two short films and those are going to come out pretty soon and um I, it was it was great. I just got I got the lead in the short sci-fi film, and that's going to go out to film festivals pretty soon. And um, and I I got to play a a police uh, chief in this other uh, miniseries that was filmed around here. And that it was filmed about three or four years ago. And I thought they I I thought it kind of just died a slow death, but it went back into production and it's edited, and they're going to start uh, releasing it. So oh so wow been, you know i've been working so it's something yeah. you and did but it just never saw the light of day for four years happens all the time it happens oh. all the time yeah that, yeah. Well, that seems Haven't like a lot of a wasted money <laughs> and well it does but it's not it's not mine you know so okay so um, so hold know. on now slowly yeah. slowly now just give me these titles so i can because i'm okay. gonna put this stuff all in right. show notes if people want to look at some of your work whatever yeah yeah so well, I, got, the, um, I care a lot. I got that one. Yeah, I care a lot. And let me see. The, so the short sci-fi film that I did is called Reality TV. So it's like real, R-E-A-L, yep. um, I, and then R-E-A-L-I-T-V. TV. Yeah, exactly. Reality TV. So okay. like I said, it's, like, it's kind of like, a, it's like a, a Twilight Zone type of, type of episode. It's pretty cool. Sounds and this cool. other one's called Code. Yeah, and this other one where I played a police chief, it's called Code, Code 13, Unbreakable. And that's going to be premiering, I think, in April as a miniseries. So, okay. Well, so yeah. you're like yeah. a lead in that one? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm a, so I'm a supporting cast. Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah. Cause so I know I'm I, waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for it, bro. I know you're going to fucking get a lead <laughs> yeah, role. I, I, can I can almost <laughs> taste that shit myself. Dude, um, dude, it's so funny because I left that business cause I hate it. You know, everybody wants to be an actor and everybody thinks it's glamorous and all that stuff. And you know, honestly it's glamorous. You know, like it's funny. I, I worked on central intelligence and I'm one of um, Kevin Hart's office mates, you know? And, and so I'm, I'm on set the first day. And, and there's, there, and there's Dwayne Johnson, there's the rock standing right next to me, you know, and immediately I'm like a child. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. You know, inside, right. you know, but I'm playing it cool. And then after like 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm over it, you know? So, right. um, you just know, it's, people, it's man. like you get just, just, people. just people, but it's just, it's a hard business, dude. And if you do anything like, you know, and this, this is a suggestion. Um, you know, I didn't like, I mean, I made good money as an actor, but I don't like it because it's unpredictable. It's audition processes can be demeaning and, and it's just, you know, it's around, it's around people who are just takers. There's a lot of takers. It's high stress. It's all, you know, long hours. So, so I got sober and I realized, you know, Hey, I guess I don't want to do this. That's kind of nice too. You know, to be able to go, I can make a lucid decision about what's good for me and what's not good for me. And being an actor, although, uh, although being an actor is not going to make me drink, I just don't enjoy it as enough to try to make a living at it. You know, right. I get, to, I'm teaching music. I'm teaching music to kids who are, you know, with behavioral problems who right. are non-ambulatory, non-verbal. And that here, I feel like I'm doing God's work, you know, yeah, working dude. with alcoholics and addicts. That's yeah. That's what I just want to help people do. That's all I want to do with the rest and, of my life. And you know and, what I you know, noticed too with life is that if I let go of something, like let's say you're, 
you just couldn't let go of this acting dream and you you fucking yep. were just grinding and plugging away at it. Well, it's going to elude you. But yep. the second that you make that decision and you're like, you know what, dude? Yeah. I mean, if a gig comes up and I got time for it, sure, I'll take it, whatever. But I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do this other stuff because this stuff feeds my soul. I think that's when, right. when you know, if it's going to happen, it'll happen. And you'll be like, well, damn, you know, like some shit's going to yeah. fall in your lap because you let go of it. You didn't. Yeah. You know, you're yep. letting dude, life you happen. Much- you're letting life happen yep. now instead of fucking trying to manipulate life, you know, and make it. Yeah. 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 That call waiting for a call back after an audition and all that stuff. But what you just said is pretty much describes my approach to it right now is that I can always go back to it. I may, I may want some working less, but you know, I mean, I could, I could um, keep a roof over my head as an actor. I mean, I paid my bills, but it's, it's, it's hard, you know, like you get one gig, I could work, um, four days on a movie and make enough money to, to pay all my bills for a month. You know what I mean? That's the kind of pay structure that being actor is. It's, you know, I'm in a union. It's pretty decent pay, but you know, I don't want to be shagging gigs all day long. I don't want to be, because no, when you're not working only... as an actor, you... sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, cause when I'm, if you're a full-time actor, when you're not working as an actor, you better be, you better be hunting down gigs and you got to be resourceful and you got to know where they are. And so you're spending all the time on the computer, on your phone, booking auditions and so it's a lot of work it's not just the acting part's the tiniest tiniest part that you do no shit it's all the bullshit that goes yeah dude you know i guess for me the money is the only thing that i would think sounds awesome about being an actor is like that i well it's not bad or that i would be rich or you know you know of course anybody like me like a normal tom dick or harry is if they're thinking about what it would be like to be an actor it's like they're thinking about you know, hitting the big time and I'm going to be, you know, I would be rich. I would be like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, and there was, and I never wanted that. I just wanted to be a decent character actor. I just wanted to make a living. I never wanted to be a a big star. I just love acting, you know, just like I love playing music, just like I love being an artist. Everything creative is just, it's just my, it's my wheelhouse. So, you know, so I love being an actor and there's so much about working in the movies and television that really requires very little acting. That's what kind of sucks unless you get a lead or unless you get a decent supporting role. And I was getting, you know, I would get background work, day player, you know, um, just stuff that wasn't as meaningful. So, um, you know, so I, that's why I did, that's why I do smaller films so I can get better parts, you know, right. but, um, but it's, it's, it's still cool to say, I, you know, to say I did it, but it's also cool to say I walked away from it too, you know? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not, but I mean, yeah, it, the pay is pretty, I did one commercial, um, I, I got principal, which is the lead person, um, in a commercial and, uh, two year, three years ago. And it paid my rent for two years, one commercial Jesus took four Christ. hours to film. I yeah. Mean, but I mean, residuals. Language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, okay. Lord. But, sorry I mean, Lord. <laughs> but you know, like I get residuals, you know, in this commercial, it was played on network TV. It was also like, they put it on Fandango. I guess they would play it in the movies, you know, yeah, yeah. before the movie started. And it's on the internet. So each one of those, the movies, the internet, and on TV, I'd get a check for, you know, I get residual checks. So, so yeah, so I paid my rent for two years. That was pretty decent, you know, but those are, those are hard to get. They're few and far between. And, you know, so, um, it's just, it's a hard, hard, hard business. I actually tried to, um, uh, I went to some of the agencies in, in the cities in the twin cities when I was there too. Um, there's a lot of good commercial work there and, uh, the commercials are easy, you know, and they pay really good. So, if I go back to the uh, out, out your way, then I'm gonna, I may try to do that again. But, um, yeah, there's no movie or television production out your way. 
But you guys have, you know, you got headquarters for Target, for Anderson Windows, all these big companies that do commercials, you know, in, in Minneapolis. So, right. um, so I may, if I go back out, you know, because commercial work's easy and it's good money. Anyways. It's cool. I'm going to have, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to wrap to up in a couple this. minutes. This is fascinating to some of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff, man. But, you know, it's so funny because here I worked between Boston and New York, you know, both of which, you know, Boston's an hour from me um, and New York's about three and a half, four hours. Um, and, and there's tons and tons and tons of movie and television production between the two cities. Um, yet I want to go live out in the woods. <laughs> no, I want to go live out in the farms, the farmlands of Wisconsin in, in, in uh, Minnesota because <laughs> I, cause it, Cause it, cause dude, it's so good for my heart out there. It's just so good for my, I just, you know, so, so what I'm doing is that, you know, I'm going to actually do it. So this is what I'm hoping to do. I want to, I should sneak this in before we go. Um, is that I'm working, you know, like I said, I'm teaching music right now at a school for, for kids with disabilities. But, um, I think in a month or two, I may start applying for a recovery position around here, get some experience and then go back out and then try to get back into Hazleton again, you right. know? So yeah, so that's kind of my you, that's man. my goal. Good on you, man. Yeah, thanks, you man. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll be visiting. I, I'll be out this year. I'll I'll come see you guys. I keep talking to, I, I you know our friend Christy, um, you know, um, Christy M. She, uh, yep. you know, I've been talking to her and I talk about coming out. You know, and you know, uh, I just I, I got all those friends in Osceola and and the St. Croix Valley area. You know, that's, that's my home right there. That's really where I met people and just, you know, just became so enamored with, you know, with this area. And that's, you know, I lived in Osceola. That's about an hour from the 45 minutes from the city. So, uh, but yeah, I want to come out. I want to come visit, you know, all oh, my buds are, you're out there, dude, you and right. Keith and, uh, yeah. And Leon and, uh, and Molly J super crushing on Molly J. She's a cutie. You know, um, I have open and, arms, uh, dude, and just fucking excited. You know, uh, and that's the amazing thing about recovery is I know I, without hesitation that I could call any one of you guys and go, Hey man, I need a place to stay. I'm coming out for a week or two. And there were, and, and I, I would, I would hope, but I don't have to hope because I know what would happen. One of you guys would say, you know, right. Just stay with me, you know, or, right. you know, or, you know, I got my kids that weekend just, you know, but here, let me find you something. That's the, this is how, this is how this program works, man. It's all about just helping, you know, and that helping that feeling is just, there's nothing replaces it. Not even not drinking. Drinking don't. Drinking can't get in a boat and pull up alongside of how happy I feel when I help somebody in the program. You right. know. So yeah, it's yeah. networking, it's man. All, like you, like you said, it your, is your number one uh, suggestion. You know, was to get connected with the community. Yeah, your recovery. Yeah, community. yeah. It, yeah. it is and true. That's what I would always People come through, and I. I mean, I used in the beginning. I looked at it like it was. You know, it was these people coming through for me um, when I need it the most. But now the further I get in my recovery, I look at it as, you know, like God's working through these people, you know, so it's absolutely, I mean, and I don't think there's anything wrong with spiritualizing things in, in your recovery. It's supposed to be spiritual to be in recovery. So that's, yep. that's how I choose to view it now. You know, it's like God is working in my life, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Through these individuals yeah. it, and, and it saves my it, ass and, and my pride doesn't get in the way, even though it might try to believe me. And it does sometimes right. when, I, when I need help and somebody does. recognizes that and I didn't ask. And then I'm like sitting there going, yeah. I'm wrestling with it when, you know, a big part of me is like, take the fucking help, you know? 
Um, yeah. It's what you got to yeah. do. You know, you got to be, sometimes we can be of service like you were talking about, but sometimes too, we got to be the service opportunity, you know? That's Absolutely. And then, and uh, even if you don't, it's so funny because even sometimes when I was too afraid to ask, didn't want to ask, too stubborn, too proud, um, you know, God found a way to, to get somebody to, to, to prod me and go, hey, can, can I help you with something? You know, so, right. you know, sometimes, yeah, I mean, it's better you ask because it doesn't necessarily, but sometimes people just, they know, you know, we get pretty dialed in, you know, you don't hear oh, yeah. from somebody for a couple of days, you know, you're like, hey, man, you okay? I haven't seen you at a meeting or so, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, but it's remaining it's remaining open. It's staying open, staying teachable, you know. Um, it's just, and, and we are, you know, not we, I was, I was buttoned up pretty tight. I wasn't letting anybody in. I didn't want the help. I didn't want anything, you know. Now it's like, it's amazing that I have a phone full of numbers of people that I could call literally for anything. And I don't right. mean just recovery-based, you know. I can call a guy to come fix my sink, you know. Um, whatever. I can call a guy, you know, who... Uh, you know, might be an expert on World War Two. You know, I mean, right. I got a question. It's like seriously. I mean, it's like anything. You can just, you know, you develop this community because that's the thing about uh, drugs and alcohol. You know, in, in this and our disease, it's an equal opportunity employer. Doesn't care if you're a, 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 a plumber or a doctor, you know, or an actor. Um, you know, it's if it wants you, it's going to take you. So, um, so we do have this kind of cabal. You know, this consortium of all all different types of people you know so oh, yeah. um yep. and you get to learn all yeah you get to learn all kinds of stuff look at me i'm a fucking knucklehead from boston massachusetts dude you know and i have had the opportunity to brush up against some very cool people in recovery um you know so so that's like you dude <laughs> you're the best <laughs> you're awesome you, guys, you are you, too bro you put out your, <laughs> thanks man <laughs> but you you know you put out your time you go you go above and beyond man you really do um um, seriously, you, Jason, and you know Charlie, Keith, all you guys. You know, you guys do so much for the sober community out there, and I hope everybody who's listening knows that. You know, so well, don't uh, blow my screen up too much, it. man. Don't blow my screen up too much. <laughs> yeah, I won't. So, um, all right, dude, I'm gonna have to roll in a minute. Yeah, and, and um, that was great. I we'll appreciate come- you coming on and uh, sharing yeah. some of yourself and, and your experience, strength, and hope with the audience and with yeah. me. Uh, Always a pleasure, brother. I got nothing below. Same here, you. Jason. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> right back at you, bro. Yeah. And listen, I want you to know that you can also tell, um, you know, you can let anybody know, anybody from, uh, you know, uh, anybody who needs to get in touch with me, um, you can get them in touch with me. You know how to get in touch with me. If somebody's in the program, they have any kind of questions about anything we spoke about, yeah, yeah. Um, you give them, you can give them, you can give them my number directly, you know, so. Well, um and well, I'm, we I'm could do to send me your email or something. I'm not going to give out your personal phone number, but I mean, if you're yeah, okay yeah, yeah, with yeah. getting an email or, or, you know, I'll also in the show yeah. notes, of course, and our, our email is always available. So if anybody wants to reach out yep. to you, they can always do it yeah. that way by, by emailing or calling us here at the show. Absolutely. Um, yep. yep. But yep. I'll put well, your I mean, email if you want to send it to me, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So people can hit you directly. Absolutely. If they, if they choose yeah. To. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. And that's you know, awesome, I mean, I'm, man. I'm easy to find. Yeah. I think people can find me on, I'm on social media, you know, um, oh, yeah. if anybody wants to talk to me. Yeah. But you know, you know, your peeps, you know, you can, you can vet them. <laughs> like I'm not giving, I'm not giving Swanson's number to this guy. He's a clown. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can give, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'd be happy to talk to anybody, but yeah, 
Um, I'll shoot, I'll shoot you my, uh, I mean, I can give you my email right now, but I don't know if you, if your show notes are different than what you put well, on. I gotta, app, so. Yeah, I got to send it all over uh, and it gets put in um, because there's kind of like when, when we post these online, yep. um, we'll, yep. we'll write a synopsis of kind of like a shorthand, oh, gotcha. shorthand version of the episode and things like that. So. Gotcha. But all right, man. Okay. All right, man. All right. So I just, actually, I just walked into, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing some, I'm doing some shopping right now. So we heard that. I want to find a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. We heard some music or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm right in the plaza right now. So, um, Great. all right, bro. So I will talk to you. Um, I'll talk to you when I talk to you, bro. All right, bro. Thanks for being on the show. All right, and Jason. you have a great day. Right on, man. You say hi to all my friends. I will brother. Thank you for being a part of the way out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Tune in, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.